Hello, I'm Owen. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad you're listening. For more information on all that's going on at Wellspring, please visit www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. day when heaven was filled with his praises, one day when sin was as black as could be, Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin, dwelt among men by example is into the mirror this morning, right? I assume that you looked in the mirror and, and uh, just made sure you're all right before you went out the door. And my guess is that you uh, look in the mirror every day, right? Definitely there's some, some that look in the mirror more often than others. Some that look in the mirror longer than others. Thankfully for some of us guys, you know, it's not that bad. We just take a hat on and wipe the, wipe the sleep out of our eyes and we're good to go for the day. Right? It's kind of nice. But, uh, but there are mirrors and we do look in them and examine. What is a mirror for? I mean, think about it. What's a mirror for? Reflection. It's to be able to look into. It's to be able to uh, self-examine. Right? Be able to look at yourself and to realize what kind of shape you're in. Right? So take your Bibles and go to James. James chapter 1. Let's start reading in verse 22. If you're ready, say amen. 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 All right, you're ready. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, He is likened to a man beholding his natural face in the glass, looking in the mirror. For he boldeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man 
he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, the word of God, the Bible, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. As we think of the physical mirror and, and how that works uh, for our outward appearance, the Word of God now likens the Bible, likens itself uh, to a spiritual, a spiritual meal, m- mirror. Um, just, just as we have a means to check out our outward appearance, now we have a means uh, to check, check our inward self, our heart, the inner man. Uh, to look how we're doing spiritually. And where, what is that mirror? The spiritual mirror? It's the Word of God. The Word of God. Now, the Bible likens itself uh, to several things. And we've had recent messages how the, the Word of God is the seed, right? And we know it's the light. The Bible likens it to a hammer. It likens it to a sword. Likens it to bread and milk and meat and all these things. But here in the book of James, we have the Word of God likened to a mirror. Likened to a mirror. And if you skip up in James chapter 1 and verse 19. James 1 and verse 19. The Bible says... Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. He says, hey, uh, we should be swift to hear, swift to hear the word of God. I think of the the passage in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2, where the Bible says, as newborn babes desire. That that word desire is is a strong motivator, isn't it? It says, as the newborn babes desire a sincere milk of the word that we, they may grow thereby. You know what our desire should be, first and foremost, that we hear the word of God. That we are putting the word of God. There's a desire to hear it and to have it preached and to have it taught and to have it uh, affect our lives. We're not looking, hopefully, on Sunday morning or any time that we would enter into the church, we're not looking to come just to have our ear tickled. This should not be all about stand-up comedy or something like that. You know what we're trying? We're trying to hear, thus saith the Lord. Something that will affect our soul. Something that will affect our inner man. We're looking for change. Transformation. And this change and transformation comes supernaturally by the Word of God. It comes by the Word of God for our salvation. First and foremost, I think that's important that we hear the Word and believe it. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13, it says this, In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the Word of truth. You know what you hear? You hear the gospel. You hear the word of truth. By hearing the gospel, does that make you a believer? By hearing the gospel, does that give life transformation? You could sit in church your whole life and never, never be born again, right? You can hear it, That's, but that is the first part. You have to hear it. You hear the gospel, the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. But here's the second part. In whom also after that you what? Believed. Believed. Faith. You believed. You were what? 
sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. The Holy Spirit of God moves inside, seals us. This is, boy, you talk about transformation. Have the third person of the Trinity take residence inside. There's going to be some changes. There's going to be some different desires, guaranteed. So the first question as we look into the mirror of God's Word, am I saved? Am I born again? You say, why do you use those type of words? Those are biblical words. Those are the exact words that the Lord Jesus Christ used. You must be born again, he said to Nicodemus. Peter says it in 1 Peter 1 and verse 23, being born again. Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. There is a second birth, there is a spiritual birth, that births us into the family of God. This is by faith. We hear the word, we believe it. I would say for each and every person here this morning, it's worth taking a look in the mirror, taking a look at God's word, and according to God's word, What it says I must do to be saved, to be born again. Am I a born again believer? Am I a born again follower of Jesus Christ? Am I saved? Has there been a time when I've put my faith and trust in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and his spirit moved inside? It's worth taking a look in the mirror and asking ourselves the most important question, by the way. (laughs) I mean, it's the most important question if you were to ever look in the mirror and ask, uh, it deals with our eternity and our eternity. James chapter 1 and verse 22. You're in James 1. Look at verse 20. It's actually uh, verse 21. Verse 21. James 1, 21. Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness, receive with Meekness or humility, the engrafted word which is able to what? Save your souls. Receiving the gospel, receiving the word, receiving this uh, incorruptible seed of that whole, just the song that we sang, that's the gospel. That he came, born of a virgin, that he lived a sinless life, that he died on the cross to take our sins. He paid our punishment. Then he rose again. He rose again. And he now uh, 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 intercedes for us. Now he is uh, seated in heaven. And he's coming back. That's the truth. He's coming back. There is a new birth that happens after the word has been received. It's been engra- engrafted. It becomes a part of you. There's a life change. We, we studied a, a couple months ago how the word is likened to the seed. And, and the soil is likened to our hearts. Right? And, and it has to find good ground to bear fruit. It has to find good ground to bring forth fruit. This engrafted word into our hearts. Engrafted. It, didn't, it doesn't come naturally. It doesn't come from the first birth. It has to be engrafted in. But once it's engrafted, this spiritual, supernatural a word of God begins to bear fruit in our lives. First, giving us life. That's the first fruit, giving us eternal life, giving us a relationship with God, giving us access to God in prayer. But then after that, there's more fruit that comes from it. This this new life that he gives, the salvation that he gives. 
It's good news. And the good news is if you look into the mirror of God's word today and say, yeah, I've always believed that there's a God. Yeah, I've always been kind of a religious person. Yeah, I've all, but I've, there's never been a time where I've put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ for salvation. Well, the good news is, and here's the good news, you can today. You can receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior today, and this is good news. But then after you've been saved, you've been born again, you know what he tells us here? And I like the way James says it. He calls it being a doer. A doer. He says uh, you, we have to be a doer of the word as opposed to a hearer only. He says two different things. He says uh, in verse 22 that we can deceive ourselves. Our hearts can deceive us. He says in verse 24 that we, uh, it's possible to forget. Sometimes we can be a little bit forgetful about what we've heard, what we've learned, what we've believed. He says that we can deceive our own hearts in verse 26. That's why we have to keep looking in the mirror daily. We have to keep looking in the mirror daily and looking at it. And he says, uh, be a doer of the word. Be honest with ourselves. Be honest with ourselves and be honest with God. What is our spiritual condition? If we were to take the word of God, just like we would physically look inside of a, look at a mirror and say, hey, I need to do something with my hair today. Or I need to do something with this. Or I need to do, right? You can look at God's word honestly and humbly and say, hey, there's some spiritual things that are just out of line in my heart, my attitude, my motives, my direction. A doer. Admit our need and recognize that there has to be transformation. As we look in the mirror, we're looking for that change. You know what I find is interesting? He says in, in verse 22, you're in James 1, verse 22, he says, uh, a doer of the word. And then in verse 25, he says, a doer of the work. You know, you and I know that we're not saved by works. We're not saved by works. The Bible's quite clear about that. We're saved by faith. But faith will cause, uh, when, we, when we hear the word and believe it, it will change the way we act. It will start to change the way we live. It'll start to change desires. It'll start to change some things. There will be a work that's done in our hearts in our lives. There will be some inward evidences of a new birth, of a new birth, of the Word of God. Um, he says, the doer of the work, this man, verse 25, this man shall be blessed in his deed. When we're doing it, when we're hearing the Word, and we put it to practice, you say, where does the Word of God, what areas of our life does the Word of God bless? Every area. Amen. It's not just our spirit. It's not just church. But it is church. It's not just at home. But it is home. It's also at work. It's also in every area that as we begin to put God's word to practice, we're blessed in those areas. God's word will bear good fruit. That Psalm 1, I love it. It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his, and I like this delight, I'm telling you, there's a strong, you know, when we talk about the Word of God, sometimes 
uh, in reading the Bible and studying the Bible. There's a lot of times uh, some Christian character where you just got to do it. Because it's the right thing to do. But, but ultimately, the right thing is it becomes our desire. It becomes our delight. It becomes what, it, what we're excited about. Is to hear and know the Lord. And learn of Him and His Word. But His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in His law doth He meditate day and night. And He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That bringeth forth His fruit in His season. His leaf also shall not wither. And I like this. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Like at home, at work, he's putting these things to practice. He's a doer. This guy's a doer. You say, how do you, how do you know he's a doer? It changes the way he walks. It changes where he stands. You say, what do you stand on? I stand on the Word of God. It's, his stance has changed. It's the Word of God in which we stand. A lot of things, a lot of opinions change in, throughout societies. It's going to change, and it's going to keep changing. But you know what the, this blessed man stands on? The Word of God. It changes where he walks. It changes where he stands. It changes where he sits. Would you agree he's a doer? He's a doer of the Word. What he delights in. He's like a tree now, planted, rooted in, engrafted. I mean, the Word has become a part of his life. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. You say, what's God's will that I do? What's God's will? A lot of times we think of, what's God's will that I do? What, do I suppose, what am I supposed to do? Uh, it's, it, maybe it's a little bit more about just looking in the mirror. And that will change what we do and how we do it. Looking in the mirror spiritually. He says in Psalms, the Bible says in Psalms 37.3, Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Trust in the Lord, faith, believe, trust in the Lord, and do good. I believe that these two things go hand in hand. The trust and the do. And I believe it goes in that order too. The trust and the do. You can trust and not do. Say we have faith and not affect the direction or the things that we do or the way that we go. Or we can try to do, have all kinds of works in our lives. We know what we're supposed to do, but we have no faith in God, no trust in Him. No, we're supposed to trust God for good and then do good. Trust God for right and then do right. Believe Him for these things. As we open God's Word, as we believe God's Word, as we take it open, you know what I think it requires of each of us? It requires some humility. It requires humility. I believe that this is when God's really going to start speaking to our hearts and teaching us the Spirit is when we go at it with a humble heart. Humble and honest. I mean honest. You know, sometimes God's Word uh, is going to cause us to confront our own hypocrisy. Confront some of the things that um, we don't like to see about ourselves. Right? Take your Bibles and go to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7.
As we read God's Word, there will be times, as we go at it humbly, honestly, that we're going to have to confess our own faults. That we're going to have to repent of our own sins. There's a cleansing part that comes with opening. It's like a mirror. And don't be offended by it. Sometimes, if we're, if we're, too, if we're not humble enough, it'd be, it'd be like looking into the mirror, uh, the physical mirror, and being offended every time. It's just the reality. We could either keep getting offended by what we see, or we could change it. Right? And so it's that way with the Word of God. Saying, you know what? It's not the Bible that has to change. It's me. It's me. And Matthew chapter 7 and verse 3, the Bible says, And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Verse 5, Thou hypocrite. And that's not me saying that. That's the word of God. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and thou shalt, then shalt thou see clearly to cast the mote out of thy brother's eye. <laughs> Here's a question. How, how is it, what's our frame of mind, what's our thought process, what's our attitude when we go and read God's word? I, I would ask, do we go at God's word looking to see what's wrong with everyone else? Do we read God's word to find out what's wrong with everyone else? Or do we look at ourselves first? Do you know what I find? There's, there's no, even though we might be right, there's no happiness, there's no joy in taking God's word for the purpose of proving our spouse wrong. Of proving our neighbors wrong. Of proving our friends wrong. <laughs> it's a good way to start to lose some friends. Or even proving the world wrong. Jesus said he didn't come to condemn. He's condemned already. It's obviously wrong. But what's wrong with me? Taking God's word first and foremost to examine ourselves. Now, the Bible's clear here. And throughout all of the scripture, and even in this passage... That it's not wrong for us to try to help others remove the moat in their eye. Matter of fact, we should. We should try to help others remove those things in their eyes. But first we must examine our own selves to make sure we're seeing clearly. To make sure that we're able to spiritually help. I would say in God's Word, throughout the Bible, there is a great purpose in self-examination. In self-judgment. This is a big purpose. I believe, I believe we talk about it every time we partake of the Lord's Supper. That that is a big part of, one of the big purposes of the Lord's Supper is that we are clean. That we take time to self-examine. He says that when talking about the order of the Lord's Supper. In, in Corinthians, he says, let a man examine himself. He says, for if we should judge ourselves, we should not be Judged. 
In other words, there's a great purpose in, in taking God's Word and allowing the Holy Spirit to, to point out the faults and the sins in our lives that we can confess, that we can get right, that we can have a right fellowship with the Lord. I believe this, that repentance, that repentance will lead to a right fellowship with God. You know, sometimes it's against our nature to say, I've got to repent and get right and confess and, and forsake and all these things. But it is a clearing. It's a cleansing. It's a blessing. It's a, it's a burden lifted. It's all those things. It's a great gift from God. That if we, if we, ask, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's times of looking at ourselves through God's Word to to be in the right fellowship with God, of cleansing, of repenting, of self-examination, of self-judgment. But then it also opens us up to be able to see clearly to help others. Think of a doctor. And you're you're going in to uh, have a surgery, have a procedure. Okay? You're sitting there in the examination room. And the doctor comes in and running into the desk, can't find the stuff, feeling around, you know, thinks the nurse is you, the patient. I mean, you know what you would say at some point? Hold on just a second. Let's get your eyes fixed before you start doing surgery on me. Would you agree with that? I want you to be able to see clearly before you start cutting on me. Sometimes there's some, some things in the spiritual that... That's, that's really what the Lord's point here in this message is, is he's talking to the Pharisees. And you know what he's saying? He's saying, you guys have become so good at pointing out the faults of everyone else. But you're missing your own faults and your own sins, which are greater. That's what the Lord was saying to them, which is greater. And spiritually, he's saying, you're making a mess. Spiritually, you're m- making a mess. <laughs> he says... In a different passage to the, to the Pharisees, that they, were, that they were teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men. That they honored God with their lips, but their heart was far from Him. And in that passage where He was saying that about them, He says in Matthew 15 and verse 14, He said, let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. He said, hey, get your own vision clear first. Get your own spiritual walk and relationship right first so that you can help someone and not make a spiritual mess with it. Not lead them into the ditch. As we look into God's Word many times, there are spiritual corrections that need to be made. You would be an angel or something. I don't know what you would be if you were to read God's Word and think, hey, I'm good to go. I mean, we all have things we got to work on spiritually. We have, we have that nature. And, and, and I would say removing even the smallest little sliver from someone's eye is a sensitive situation. Would you agree with that? Sometimes dealing with spiritual things, there's more there than meets the physical eye. Sometimes a spiritual help, there can be a sensitive situation, is what I'm trying to say. We have um, our kids I've removed splinters from their feet, from their hands. And one of our children, I'm not going to tell you which one to embarrass, embarrass him, but it's all I can do to hold him down 
and remove the splinter out of the foot. And if you were passed by our house while that was happening, you would think a brutal murder was being taking place. I'm telling you, it is a... I couldn't imagine trying to remove something out of his eye. It can be a sensitive situation. Sometimes we have to examine our own selves, our own, our own actions, our own attitudes, our own motives, as we try to help someone else. The Bible tells us in Galatians 6 and verse 1, Brother, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. It doesn't say leave him alone. It does say to restore, right? But here's the thing. In the spirit of meekness, there is a lot of dangers uh, that we can avoid. This 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 is true. This is good to remember. There's a lot of dangers. There's a lot of traps. There's a lot of snares. There's a lot of trouble that we can avoid in every area of our life with humility. The Bible does say only by pride cometh contention. He says in the spirit of meekness. Go in a spirit of meekness. But then he says this. Considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. A spirit of meekness. Considering ourselves. How, how can I consider myself uh, spiritually? By looking into the mirror. Before I go and de- deal with the splinter. Before I go to deal with the moat. You know what I can do? I can look into the mirror and make sure my attitude is right. My heart is right. Look into the mirror. This mirror of God's Word, this is amazing. This book is living and alive. Go go to Hebrews chapter 4. I like this passage. Hebrews chapter 4. In verse 12. Hebrews 4.12. The Bible says. For the word of God is quick. It's alive. It's living. And powerful. And sharper than any two edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. And of the joints and marrow, and is a, look at this, talking about the Word of God. It is a discerner of the thoughts and intents, motives of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, the Word of God. But all things are naked and open into the eyes of him to whom we have to do. You know what the Word of God can do? It can examine The inner soul. It can examine the inner man. It can penetrate the soul and the spirit. It can discern the thoughts and intents. You know, sometimes we we become good at hiding our motives. We become good at hiding our intents and, and even our thoughts. We can hide them. You can hide it from me and I can hide it from you. But you can't hide it from God's Word. You can't hide it from the Word of God. There are a lot of great books out there. I've been trying to read more myself and found some great books. There's a lot of great books out there. There is none 
There is none like this. <laughs> this book, the Word of God, is living. It's alive and it's powerful. It's the only book, I believe, that is reading you while you are reading it. I do believe that's why a lot of people have a problem with it. They can't control it. They can't manipulate it. It's reading you while you are reading it. It's alive and living. You know, you talk about a, it's a smart book. And that's far greater than a smartphone. I mean, you know, Apple's got nothing on this. You know what's amazing is those advertisements that start popping up. Like it knows what you want. There's something going on there, isn't there? It's right, it knows what you're looking for, right? But you know what the Bible knows? It doesn't know what you want. It knows what you need. The Bible knows what you need. And it'll show us and guide us as we go into it. But do we have a heart to say, here it is, Lord. Here's my heart. Now let me look at it, as scary as it may be in your word. The psalmist David, he, he had the heart of the Lord. He, he was, why? Because he was willing to let God see his heart. And let God begin to direct him and change him. And the Bible says in Psalms 139 and verse 23, uh, David says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Would we be willing to say that? Not just today, but each day. Lord, search my heart. Lord, let me take your word and look, look inside. And allow me to make the necessary changes. Allow your word to, to show me my thoughts and my intents and my motives. And all these things toward you. As we close, let me say this. God's word is a mirror. So we, as God's people, can use God's word to self-examine, to self-judge, to begin to look inside and to, and to see what, what needs to be changed. And as I started, I think the first thing that each of us have to ask, the first thing that each person has to look at is whether you be in the faith. Am I saved? Am I born again? Not am I religious? Not have I always been in church? Not all these things. But is there a time where I heard the gospel and I believed it? I put my faith in it. And God gave me His Spirit that seals me and dwells inside of me. If not, today's the day. Take time at this end when we take time for prayer as we sing this last song and cry out to God. Ask Him for this salvation. Say, I'm repenting of my sins and putting my faith and trust in You. I believe the Gospel and I receive it. I, I would say today is the day for that salvation. But for us that maybe spiritually speaking, we've, we've become uh, accustomed to looking at everybody else's problems and find no joy in that. Our family's problems and the world's problems and all these sort of things. Would we, would we come to God's word uh, humbly and honestly and daily and allow God to reveal himself to us? Being a doer of the word, being a doer of the word and a doer 
of the work and not a hearer only. Making those necessary changes in the heart, making those necessary changes in the mind. Uh, Listen, there can be uh, times, there are times where we need to really confess our sins before God. There there is a time, uh, you see in David's life, times of great, deep repentance that changes our hearts and our future. Recognizing that we need to look in this in this mirror daily. You don't want to have a beam in our own eye going around making a mess spiritually and not even know it, not even realize that there's this big thing, uh, this big thought, this big intent in our hearts that's, that's making us miss some things, not seeing some things so clearly. As Dan comes and leads us in a song as we close, can I bring this to a super practical, practical point? is we're getting close to 2021. Just a couple weeks. And there's a new year. And there's nothing magical about a new year, but it is a time of new beginnings, right? Time to get some things started. Can we begin to say, hey, I need to be in God's Word daily. I need to be in God's Word daily. There are all kinds of Bible reading schedules out there that you can get. You can get apps. You can get paper. You can just simply read the Bible through several pages a day, and you'll get through it, right? But, but, but set some goals. Again, it's not about goals uh, in the sense of achieving this or that, but the goal will help us with the, with the discipline of the character to say, hey, I need to be in God's Word daily. If I have to eat daily to keep my physical strength up, then I must need to eat daily to keep my spiritual strength up. I want to put this in practice. I want to put it. That's the first thing. Hearing it. Listening to it. Reading it. Memorizing it. Studying it. But then there's the doing it. Putting it into practice. You know what begins to happen? is the word becomes engrafted. That for, for, the, for the woman of God, for the man of God, the word of God it just becomes part of that. It becomes part of our lives. It becomes part of our thought process. We begin to think Bible. That's possible. Where our minds are transformed and we begin to think in God's word. And the fear of God is there when temptations come. Because of God's word. And his, light, his word becomes a light to our path. And it, and it affects our work and affects what we do. A good plan. Again, this is the practical part. A good plan would include all the things necessary to get it done. A goal maybe. A time. Hey, it's better in the morning. It's better at lunch. It's better this time. But this is the time. This is the place. Before I do anything else. I think that's the past. Get it started before anything else. Get it started. Get the day right. There's some practical places where we say, hey, uh, I'm not going to go out. I'm not going to go out without looking in the mirror. I've got, before I head, hit this world, I'm going to look inside first and allow God to reveal some things inside, in the mirror.
for taking the time to listen today. We'd love to hear from you and learn how you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast. Leave a comment on the Contact Us page on our website. Or write to us at 2094 East State Route 73, Waynesville, Ohio, 45068. And feel free to visit us if you're in the South Dayton, Ohio area.